Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 314. Uh, I'm going on vacation, so it's a very light show this week. But thankfully, thankfully, our good friend, original host of the show, original star of the show, Aaron Higgins, returns as we talk about our summer vacation, uh, long conversation about teaching. We'll talk about the New York Mets. We got to work together this year, which was kind of funny, so we talked about that for a little bit. Uh, lightning round questions, all of that. Uh, plus, we're going to go through Twitter uh, and check out some stuff that we've been doing on Uticast Twitter, see how it plays out here for you folks. Uh, talk about uh, uh, Anthony Brindisi, our good friend. Uh, we'll talk about uh, headphones at the gym, things like that. Also, uh, this week, we will do some history lessons. We'll talk about Tim Woods, a.k.a. Mr. Wrestling. Uh, and that's about it. Enjoy this week's episode. Uh, you're getting it now on Friday. You can listen to it on Tuesday if you'd like. But there won't be an episode on Tuesday. This is the episode. So Friday, this, I'm going to release it now. Early, early episode, and then episode 315 will be at the normal time. But you'll get this now, I guess, whenever you get it. So happy vacation to me, and happy for you guys. Aaron Higgins is here. You should all be here. Good pals, drinking beers. I'm on vacation. Officially. Yeah. Yeah, on vacation. Uh, summer vacation begins. I'm leaving tomorrow, on mm. Saturday, to go out with the fam to an undisclosed location in the woods. That sounded weirder than I meant it to sound. Uh, <laughs> I think you might have disclosed last week. I disclosed. I disclosed. Or earlier uh, this week, as it were. Cheers to the to the cheers summer. Cheers to you. To the summer of Sam. Nope. Not that. That's not, not that a, one. Not that one. That's not a thing. The summer famo. Cheers. Still getting back into that summer mind. Nice to be a teacher. It's nice when you're a teacher and there's that like finish line for the year and you can just be like, ah, all right, I'm off for a minute. Well, Higgins and I, uh, in this week's interview, talked a bit about that. Teaching isn't done for a lot of teachers. So a lot of teachers have to go back for the next few weeks and do like curriculum and like sit around and do like planning and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's more boring and draining than any of the stuff with the kids mm. some of the kids moves quick when you're like sitting in your office all day listening to spotify filling out like paperwork forms and printing out oh see that seems like it would be all right put on some music you're hanging out you'd think get so a nice coffee you'd think so that part's okay but like when you're like it, it just wears on you after you do that for two weeks in the summer and it's 81 degrees out and That's you're like fair. you know what i mean and you're, yeah, and then after that, you get the whole summer off. Yeah. yeah. Be, it's tough, is what it sounds it like. Sounds, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. It's a tough gig. Uh, yeah, so I'll be going on vacation. You'll be getting this episode, I guess, on Friday night. I'm not even... I'm not going to wait to put this out. I'm putting it out tonight. Sending it. So here's the thing. Hot when, to the presses. When the, when the show comes doesn't come out on Tuesday, don't say, like, there wasn't a show. This is the show. This is the show. It's this, Tuesday right now. It's na- right Tuesday now. Tuesday in our mind. Yeah. If you'd like to wait and hold this show until Tuesday, it'll probably still be topical. I don't have a ton of super topical Unless stuff. Unless something crazy happens. Something crazy happens. Unless something crazy happens. Never so yeah, know. this is topical as of Friday, uh, June 25th at, uh, <laughs> at 4.20 p.m. You're trying to get it notarized? Yeah, <laughs> just in case, you know. 
Yeah, so I'll be on. I'll be on vacation. Kev, what are you doing this week while I'll be gone? Um, that's, I didn't realize that you were going on vacation. I think until you mentioned it last week on I the show. I didn't tell so, anybody. I mean, like, way to go. It's the best way to go. Nobody needs to know what you're doing. Real G's moving silence, <laughs> as uh, somebody said. Uh, but no, uh, nothing. It's same as you know, same as usual. I got a. There's a show and a wedding this week. Nice. So I've got those going on, but other than that, yeah, I'll just be here, you know, making sure the cat eats. Yeah, please making feed the sure cat. that you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciate watching Charlie. He's gonna have such a bad time. He had such a bad time when I was gone last time. Stop eating. He, he, that's your best bud. He's my best pal. You know what's weird? I hate this. Uh, my family. I was talking to my family. We were having a conversation about pets, and, and whenever pets come up, you know, Charlie comes up in conversation, mm. and everyone does this. They're like. What are you going to do when he dies? I'm like, why are you asking me that no, question? What? That's like a thing that people ask all the time. It's like, what, you love that cat. He's gonna, he, You're going to be sad when he dies. I'm like, yes. I'm sad when everybody dies. Sad when he, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I would indeed be sad. What are you, you, is that, that question you want to start asking, folks? I, like, no. I think the last time I cried as a grown human being was when Charlie was gone for three days and I thought he'd run away forever. I think no, that was, he'd be back. He's a, he's a street cat. Yeah, I'm soft, though, on the inside. Well, that's true. Uh not some geek off the street, though. You gotta make sure you don't get, like, snatched up by some bear or something way up there in the woods. That's true. No bears. I was thinking about that because I was watching a video about bears with the kids on um, on Wednesday. There was, like, a thing in the Scholastic News. I don't know if you guys had Scholastic News growing up. Essentially, it was, like, Weekly Reader or, like, Ranger Rick type kind of thing you'd get in class. They hand it out. There's a whole thing about grizzly bears, how they're in, uh, endangered. Mm. And we were talking about black bears and grizzly bears. And I was saying, you know, with the black bears, you gotta get big and be loud. Scare them away, yeah. Right, yeah. But with the Grizzlies, you got to play dead. And then the kid's like, what happens if the Grizzly just eats you anyway? I'm like, we're not playing. Play dead. <laughs> we're not playing <laughs> anymore. No plan. Fake it till you make it. Uh, so, I, again, because I'm going on vacation and because the interview with Higgins, which is great, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. It's episode 314. Aaron Higgins yeah. is here. Um, just shotgunning on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I guess figured I'd do it. But uh, I'm going to do something like we do occasionally. I'm going to clean out the Twitter feed of stuff that's been going on on Uticast Twitter that I okay. thought would be good for conversation. The first one uh, comes from our friend uh, w, uh, WM's Diary on Twitter, who I'm, I'm always tweeting back and forth with. Great guy. And he was dunking on a meme that was going around this week, okay? I'll right. set the meme up for you, but I'll show Kevin. It's a, it's a lady in the woods with her kids, and she's holding up a sign, like an Instagram photo. What does the sign say, Kev? Can you read it? Uh, yeah, it says, Into the woods we go because kids won't remember their best day of television. Uh to which uh, my good friend Dub listed a whole bunch of days of television that he remembers. Here's his list. Uh, Green Ranger, Lord Zed Reveal. The White no. Ranger. <laughs> the White Ranger. Uh, just this one that says, why don't he want me, man? Yep. Uh, Super Saiyan transformation for all those anime heads no, out there. Uh, when Dill Pickles was born. When True. Mr. Burns got shot. Mm-hmm. And the Omelette de Formage on Dexter. I don't know if that's a Dex for Dexter heads out there. Uh, I was talking to him about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air because that was a big one for me. That was a, that's like a I'll remember that one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Any any like seminal TV moments you remember as a kid? Um, yeah, probably probably a lot of them. I Seinfeld remember watching finale. the Seinfeld finale was definitely a thing. I remember like my like dad being excited about that because yeah, like, he yeah. watched the show, and so it was like I was aware of it in the culture at large. But um, yeah, I don't know. Probably like, a lot of things. I feel like Ross and Emily's wedding in London. Uh, I remember that, watching that one on TV. I feel like that mm-hmm. was big. Um, later era, definitely like when Hank got 
killed on Breaking Bad. Spoiler alert for all the twenty year old show almost now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was watching that live with people. That was like I remember that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't go outside. Go enjoy the outside. You folks. just don't need to be condescending on Instagram about it. <laughs> you don't need to put up a condescending Instagram post. A lot of people were dunking on this. Essentially, like, did you carry that sign all the way out to the woods with you? <laughs> it seemed to be the overarching like dunk dunk session on that. So there's one thing from Uticast Twitter this week. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, oh yeah, so I was at the gym this week and I forgot to bring my headphones. Which means, oh, no. I, so they're for like you know, an hour or whatever, and I had to sit there and listen to gym music, whoever's just playing out for the open in the gym. Mm. And two songs I got back to back were Bring Me to Life by Evanescence and Glycerine by Bush, back to back. Which one were you more excited to hear? Which one did you enjoy more? Can I tell you the truth? Bring Me, Bring Me to Life is a more interesting song. Yeah. Glycerine is a bad song. <laughs> it's like a tough hang. And I was sitting there listening to it, and I was like, man, this is a... I can't believe I like, liked this song. This is a tough hang now, like, in 2021. It feels so, like, like what are you doing, Glycerine really only works for a certain guy at a certain time. Yeah, yeah, very in the era. Uh, here's a good Twitter reply from our friend Acolenzo311. From episode 311, people who work out at the gym with no headphones are only there to avenge someone's death. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't that mad, but I didn't like it. I certainly wasn't pleased mm. that that's what happened. Um, and then, I guess this one, the other two are, are jokes, but this one is serious. Uh, it was on Twitter yesterday. Our good friend Anthony Brindisi uh, announced that he's decided not to he's, uh, run for Congress in 2022. Yeah. Uh, I'll read the tweet. I've decided I will not be running uh, for Congress again in 2022. I want to thank everyone for their continued support and know that I'll still be an advocate for this community regardless if I'm a congressman, assemblyman, neighbor, or friend. So, uh, yeah. You surprised that uh, our no. good friend? No. You don't think so? No, I'm not surprised. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'll be happy to have him. I'd love to talk to him about like his experience uh, while he was there and what he learned. I think it'd be interesting to talk to him about it. So you're always welcome to come on and chat with us, our good friend, Simon Brindisi. Uh, that's really all the stuff I have for uh, for my, my stuff this week in terms of, like, news. Any news? What's going on this week? Mm, that's yeah. a good question. What is going on? I mean, what is going on this week? <laughs> Nothing's really going on this week. All sort of blends together. Uh, I guess, like, I mean, we do COVID stuff. I guess New York ended yeah, its I mean, state of emergency. Yeah, nobody, the people, listen, for better or for worse, people are done. Oh, this one's kind of sad for you. Did you see that Mark Hoppus is undergoing chemotherapy? I did see that. That's really sad. I hope he's all right. They're pretty vague yeah. about, um, for anybody who doesn't know, Mark Hoppus is the bass player and one of the singers for the band Blink-182. Um, you know, I grew up like listening to that band when I very first picked up a bass and I was listening yeah. and trying to sound like them and like play their songs when I was like a young teen. Um, you know, hopefully he's all right. At least he's got, you know, I'm sure he's got access to like the best doctors and the team and yeah. all that kind of thing. But they were, it seemed pretty intentionally vague on what yeah. it was. So, yeah, I don't know. Sad news though, for sure. Uh, I think we've talked about it before, maybe on the pod. Uh, I would say that Mark Hoppus, probably the first like musician I was interested in as an, as an individual character, like bass player guy for Blink-182. Like I was mm. like, ooh, this guy, what's... What's this guy's deal? Like, I wanted to know more about Mark Hoppus. I see what you mean. Yeah, I just remember the sound. I remember when I got, yeah, like, a sound. bass and was playing with people when I was young, trying to make my bass sound like it did on, like, those one or two albums that were super huge. 
I mean, for me as a singer, I suppose it would be vocal harmonies. I've copped a lot of Mark Hoppus' vocal harmonies over the years for many mm -hmm. projects. I've, st yeah, yeah. I've stolen. I've recently seen it performers in the park at Handshake City when you did Damn It and you were crushing the Mark Hoppus-style harmonies. You just got to sing a little monotone underneath the melody. It's not as hard as it sounds, guys. You just got to conceptualize it. <laughs> it's like, it's not, you know, you got to like think about it for a second, like in your head. Uh, so, you got to yeah. conceptualize it, man. Uh, I guess we could do... Oh, let's do this now then, I suppose. So, uh, on this week's podcast with Aaron Higgins for 55 minutes. We talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of education stuff, but of course we had to talk about the fact that the New York Mets are in first place mm. in the National League East by four games, uh, while the Yankees are four and a half back in third place in the American League East. We're not, we didn't talk too much about that. Got them right where we want them. Right where we want them. Uh, and we talked a little bit about how excited she was or how reluctant to be excited she was. Yeah. Uh, so that was a nice conversation. But another thing we did is we I stole a bit from another podcast called Remember Some Guys, and we played Remember Some Guys mm. with Aaron Higgins, with Mets from the 2000s, right? Uh, so, Kev, I have this list, and it is uh, the 2000s uh, New York Yankees all-decade team. If I can... Oh, did I go wrong, I went back to the wrong page? No. Oh, no. Oh, no, I've lost it. Is it gone? Oh, it's gone. No. Fundamental navigation error. Fundamental navigation This is what happens era. when you're just oh shotgun podcasting yeah. on a Friday afternoon. Uh, all right, well, just, I guess, give me, uh, we'll just remember some Yankees without help from the internet. <laughs> 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 who's uh, who's your favorite all-time New York Yankees? We go into baseball season starting, really picking up now. It's July. Um, man, maybe Mariano Rivera? Maybe. Oh, it's a good call. Maybe. It's a good, no, Mariano's cool. You know what I like about Mariano is Mariano mm. has, like, a... Had like a mystique. Oh yeah, like he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's like the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's a little bit like the Undertaker. Like he, I wonder how much of his. Uh, he certainly had like. I love the idea that you just have one pitch. I'm like, listen, I just got this one. I'm thing. a big Posada guy. Posada, Jorge Posada, a lot. Posada. Obviously, Jeter goes without saying. Jeter. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I'm trying to think of like who's a who's a fringe Yankee that I was in on. I guess like Tino Martinez. I love Tino Martinez. Shane Spencer. I was in for, for like like uh, sixty games. No, he had that good run against the Braves in the playoffs that one year. Yeah, once. <laughs> a lot of guys did it one time. Remember Andrew Jones had a home run for the Yankees. Uh, yeah. So that's it. We remembered some guys for the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> we did with Higgins too. Man, that list really just disappeared on you. It was van it vanished. I think I saw like a. Curtis Granderson and a Mark Teixeira peppered in on that list somewhere. I kind of forgot about Mark Teixeira, even though he was there for like three Ooh, decades. Love Mark Teixeira. Curtis Granderson, both a Yankee and a Met, so me and Higgins actually will talk about Curtis Granderson later on in the podcast. Mm, there you go. Uh, which, if anyone had their Aaron Higgins bingo card out, uh, Curtis Granderson mentioned, you can put that one down now because that one's coming up later on the show. There you go. Uh, matter of fact, let's just go to the interview now. I've already done 13 minutes, and uh, that's all I feel like doing. So, how's that? <laughs> vacation. I'm You're on vacation. That's what you can do. Alright, so here we go. A very long, very entertaining interview with Aaron Higgins. You can save it till Tuesday if you want. But there's not going to be a new episode on Monday night. This is the episode, and it's a good one. the audio hey hey oh look at you with your with your new york mets t-shirt on oh a cat there's a cat in the video yeah. we're recording right now by the way just so you know so i don't have to yeah. 
please move. Which which cat is this one for the for the listeners who can't see it? Pepper Ann. Oh, hi, Pepper Ann. She's like, hi, I'd love some attention, please. <laughs> hey, I was just uh, we were doing this last week on the podcast, and I was thinking about it. I figured you'd have a take on this. We uh, we read a list, and it was the top nine foods of summer. Top nine foods of summer. I'm not going to ask you to guess them because I don't remember all of them off the top. Of my head. Uh, you have a favorite summer food? Oh, you know, that's a great question. Do I have a favorite summer food? Yeah. You know, I really, really, really like this season um, because it's like ice cream season. Yes. Soft ice cream at the local, you know, ice cream place. Are you a bonobo person? I am a bonobo person, yes. Bonobo's is all right. I, I recommend the soft serve vanilla with a cherry dip. Oh. I know, I like what? the cherry dip. Yeah, and about a dip in about 10 years. I'm secretly 15 years old. Um, no, I want to know something really funny. I was thinking about the Cayuta drive-in. Yes. I used to get a soft chocolate or a twist in a, at, with root beer on it. So it's like a root beer float, yes. but I do it with. That sounds excellent, by the way. I uh, know. I know, right? Uh, for folks I'm who haven't caught on yet. Uh, yeah, for the folks who haven't caught on yet, we are joined by one of the original, the, the original star of the Uticast, uh, Aaron Higgins. Let's it's true. It's true. Hey, uh, I didn't mention this to you. I don't know if we've talked about this. Two episodes ago, so two weeks ago, episode 312, 313, whatever it was, that was our six-year anniversary. So six years. Oh, wow. How does that make you feel six years ago was the first time we did this? A lot has happened in those six years. A lot has happened in, yeah. the, in those six years. Uh, most of it good, I feel like, for the most part. Yes? Hopefully? Yeah. Yes. Very much so, yes. Uh, yeah. Higgins, you're here to talk with us about a lot of things, primarily the New York Mets. The fans can't see your New York Mets t-shirt. Uh, but I have, to, I have to start here. Tomorrow is the last day of school. Oh, is it? <laughs> Were you not aware? Were you not sure? Oh, oh, is it? I just, I never noticed that we were close. Uh, So just, just to go behind the curtain here, um, when we say school's done, we mean it's done for the kids, but for teachers, when does your summer actually end for people who aren't in the know? So I will be actually done tomorrow for, what happens is like, I'm done tomorrow for a period of time. Yes. I have a few weeks off and then I have curriculum writing in July for a few days, we will go in and powerhouse, uh, my kindergarten team will go in and powerhouse through a section of curriculum. Every summer we pick a different curriculum. Sometimes it's, it's, it'll be reading or a new math curriculum. Um, this is social emotional learning through play this summer, mm-hmm. uh, which we desperately need some form of curriculum in that because we had this, we've had this COVID now for what feels like, I don't know, too many years. And it feels like this COVID now has has influenced so many kids socially and emotionally. So we're going into at least every child that we've taught in the past two years. So we're going in now to do curriculum writing for just maybe a week, maybe give or take a week. Then I have a couple more, maybe another 
week or so off. And then I'll go back in in August for, we do kindergarten screening. So we'll see all the new kids that are coming in. We'll start our meetings for the upcoming year. And that'll be pretty much three weeks of August. So it'll be a few weeks off at least. I think the general perception for most people who aren't in the education business is that teachers just like disappear at the end of the school year and we have like three months off where we just party and vacation and do fun things. And that's not necessarily the case. No. Mm -mm. Uh, We actually have fun over the summer than we do during the year. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even, there's nothing fun. We don't do any of the fun work in the summer. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent true. All the fun stuff we end up doing is with the kids in the classroom. It's never like sitting in a room all day waiting for the day to go by because we've done all the work already. Absolutely. Here's a question for you. I love it. Uh, we've been working together for the past, since April. So yep. like what, three? Okay. Yep. Uh, in elementary school, nonetheless, which is not your forte, how are you feeling now that you have spent some ample time in a secondary and elementary setting? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. I think we've talked about it. I've talked about it a little bit on the show. Yeah. But, but you I th- have. Yeah, but I think it's a it's a good it's a good point. You know, now that I've been here since April, and um, I don't exactly know that I will stay in the elementary uh, field. That's not what I'm certified for. But I gotta say, I ad- I feel like I adjusted to it pretty well. Like, there's a lot of things that I liked. I was working in fourth grade for folks who don't know, and that's a really interesting age. I was a little concerned. My youngest kids I had ever worked with before that was eighth grade. And those kids are, and, and I thought that was a little young. So eighth's a weird grade to teach. But I really, I think the earnestness you have to possess to deal with little kids, the sort of sheer positivity was good for me, right? Like I, I, I'm very cynical as a human being. It's kind of like my whole MO, especially with the high school kids. I'm curmudgeon grumpy old Mr. Sam, right? Well, he's yeah. always complaining about things. Uh, but with the kids, it's it's a little more like, I watched Batman last night. Do you like Batman? I do like Batman. Tell me about Batman. And and ah. that, and that's been good for me, I think, on an emotional level, because I think I do get a little too cynical in my personal life sometimes. I think that um, you're right. I think that it does take a certain amount of like dropping your guard yeah. and just just allowing yourself to be this completely open and honest individual on a very different level than you're used to. Yes. For example, like how many times do I talk about my favorite color a day? Like 73. Um, How many times do we talk about the things that I love during the school year? This week alone, I've told the kids more about, you know, popsicles. We've talked in depth about popsicles and swimming. and, And it's just those like little tiny things that if you face them with, um, cynicism, the kids know, and you know, and they feel your, they feel your bad vibes about it, but you have to kind of drop your guard and just say things like, yeah, you know what? I absolutely do like puppies. Thank you. Oh my God. You, thank you for asking. The the one thing that I, the one thing I did struggle with, I'm a big pop culture guy. I'm a big pop culture reference guy. This has Mm. been big for me over the years. Fourth grade kids, half of them don't know what I'm talking about. I was talking about working in a haunted house with them because I did that in, in high school as like a thing yeah. for education. I was like, I had to go work at the Utica Zoo haunted house. And they're like, what did you do? And I was like, oh, I got to be a character. I got to be Freddy Krueger. 
And half the kids were like, hey, Freddy Krueger. And then two of the kids were like, who's Freddy Krueger? And I go, oh no, oh no, I've made a mistake. <laughs> you will have those moments and you will realize when you have those moments, when you open your mouth. Uh, one of my, one of the stories that I tell uh, quite often to new teachers who come in and they have those like, oh my gosh, I showed them a YouTube video and there was an ad or something like that. A few years ago, I showed, um, I had a class. It was the year before coronavirus. So I had a class and we used YouTube for dance videos and some educational videos and read aloud stories. We use it for everything yeah. uh, in elementary school. And I forgot that the kids are paying attention to everything. Like you just kind of, things that you gloss over as an adult. Well, I had a mother call me and say, Aaron, I have to ask you, why is it that, you know, my, my son comes home and tells me that Claudia Tenney is the worst of Washington. <laughs> why is he saying to me like, and he says it in that voice, Claudia Tenney, the worst of Washington. And I'm like, oh, that's an ad that would play before some of our YouTube videos of like alphabet singing. And I didn't think that the kids were like paying any attention. Um, they say to me like, Miss Higgins drained the swamp. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I am now. <gasps> it's the, the wildest thing. You never give kids, I never gave my kids as much credit as I should have for that, especially, and, and high school kids are weird like this because high school kids would come up to me like at the end of the year and be like, oh, Mr. Sam, thank you so much for telling me about how I could follow my dreams in the NBA, even if I wasn't a basketball player. I'm like, how do you remember that conversation? That was like a throwaway conversation we had like two seconds during a, during a meeting. But this one like conversation I had about him was being like, hey, you, want, you wrote you want to be an NBA basketball player, but you know, if you like basketball, there's like things you can do where you don't have to be a player, but also still be in like, in basketball, you could be a journalist, yep. you could be a television producer. Like there's a lot of things you could do. And you know, it's like a throwaway thing I tell all my kids because it drives me nuts when they're like, I'm gonna be a YouTube star or I'm gonna be a professional athlete when you ask them what they wanna be when they grow up. Uh, but I was always surprised like years later, he's like the kid told me like, that's the thing that stuck with him. Like, that's cool, I guess. I hope so. I hope that helps. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you this Wait a minute. I, I had a little kid this week that we were talking about um, what we were going to be when we grow up, oddly enough. And my kids were so serious about it this year. Well, Miss Higgins, I'm going to be a paleontologist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? What? And then finally I got to one and she's like, I'm going to be a unicorn. I was like, thank you. There you go. Thank you. And I had a little guy who said to me, I'm going to be unspeakable. Ooh. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? That's that's He's, mysterious. It's kind of I was like, you're gonna what? He said, I'm gonna be unspeakable. And I said, Well, it took about 20 minutes to figure out that that was a YouTuber, but a YouTuber, yes. It was for a while there. It was a little scary for a while. Yeah, kids don't, <laughs> I hear a lot of things that kids say out of context that makes me laugh all day long. That's the other funny thing about like elementary school. Kids say just weird stuff that isn't what it sounds like they're saying. You're like, that's a weird thing for a kid to say. Uh, hey, yeah. by the way, I got to ask you one last thing before I uh, we move on to baseball stuff. Um, <clears throat> have you, do you get the poppets in kindergarten? 
Okay, so they just made their appearance. Okay, I'm, I was just curious. This, this past week. Yep. And I was like, what is that thing? I had never seen them before. So because they had never been in kindergarten, we have not been, uh, you know, uh, for reference, I was the virtual kindergarten teacher this year, for those who don't know. Ooh, I was being virtually with uh, a whole class of 21 on the Zooms for, from September until April. And then I got uh, 13 students who wanted to return to school. So I became the like two jobs teacher. Um, and I, I started Zooming, uh, live streaming essentially with the students who stayed home and teaching in-house the 13 that came. And I will never do that again, but oh boy, was it interesting. You were there for the first few weeks in kindergarten with me. Yes, I was. And I was like, I don't, I don't enjoy this, but it certainly was great to have you there. It was the highlight of my whole year easily was to uh, work in the classroom as you. I never thought in a million years we'd ever do that. But Poppets just came around like this week. So I was like, oh, okay. I, I knew they were going to be everywhere because they started showing up in places like Stewart's and Fast Track. Like at the, at the oh. thing, I'm like, oh, that's a bad sign. Uh, yes. But no, I never expected that you and I teaching, you know, or being in the same classroom, whatever have happened. Uh, I will say... Kindergarten, I give you a lot of credit. Like the fourth grade kids, a fourth grader has like a defined personality to a certain extent. Like you kind of, they, they're starting to kind of know who they are and figure out what's up. The kindergartners, I, I was a little scared of them, to be honest at first, but they're very sweet. They're sweet in a way that you wouldn't expect from like, the little, older kids are not sweet like that. We had one day that I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought all of us were gonna quit. <laughs> Uh, we were there in kindergarten. We had one little friend who was just exhausted. It was yep. the first Friday. It was that Friday of that yep. first week. And she was scream crying. Yep. And I teach. <laughs> that's something, that's something I, I couldn't, that's where I lost. Like, that's where I lose it with like the little kids. I, once the tears come out, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I'm like, ah, okay. Do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> it, she was scream crying. It was me and you and the other adult in the room. Yeah. And trying to, I was still trying to carry on like everything was fine because I was ignoring her at this point, which is a totally logical and not heartless tactic. But um, I promise it's not like I was being yeah. mean and Sam was being mean. It's not like we were being terrible people. We had offered her everything we could. And it's a, it's an educational tactic to let the child just sort of take a minute to gather oh, themselves. Wow. She was not gathering herself. And um, I have Zoom on. It's me, you, and the other adult. We're trying to get through something. She is screaming at the top of her lungs and dry heaving because she's crying so hard. And then the principal came in. <laughs> <laughs> and I just turned to her and I was like, welcome to virtual kindergarten. Like, this is going great. I was like, live streaming is working. Yeah, simultaneous streaming and in-house kids. It's totally working. This oh, is my this is the most I've enjoyed a virtual a virtual meeting with anybody in like three months. Oh yeah, very easily, <laughs> very easily. Usually I'm like, "Hi friends, it's me. Hi guys. Good morning. <laughs> Hi." It's so it's so weird to like. Uh, I got to see, which is something people don't understand this because they don't work in the industry. The industry makes me laugh. I said the that. industry. It's they, an industry. They don't work in the industry. Uh, okay. 
there's I got to see teacher Aaron Higgins, which is a very interesting version of Aaron Higgins. And I think I, I don't think you got to see too much of teacher Sam, which is a very I interesting. Got, I got to see a part of it, which was really cool. I was told, I've been told by the kids that they like me very much. The fourth grade, I'm the coolest substitute, I was told. I don't know what that means because all substitutes are lame as well. You have to remember that. The, the kids ask for you quite often in my classroom. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then when they see you, it is like we see a celebrity sighting. I did kind of become a little bit of a B-list celebrity around that building over the last Oh, week. I think you were top tier A-list in kindergarten. They were like, Miss Higgins, guess what? It's like they had a scoop. Guess what? And I'd be like, what? And they'd be like, I saw Mr. F, Mr. Famolaro. Did you know that the other kids call him Mr. F sometimes? Did you know that his last name starts with an F? And I'd be like, it does. And they were like, yeah. I'd be like, no, I don't think it does. Let's that's, check. That's a me problem because I can't commit to a name. My high school kids used to call me Mr. Sam or just Sam because they were high school kids. So yep. the little kids, I assumed they would call me Mr. Sam, but everyone just calls me Mr. F. So I think just going forward, I'm going to be Mr. F, I think is, is probably what people go with. My kids figured out I had a first name pretty early on because it was on my Zoom thing. Yep. yep. So they were like, Aaron Higgins? Like someone's mom must have read it to them. And they were like, Miss Higgins, who's Aaron Higgins? And I'd be like, it's me. And they're like, what is Aaron? Like they couldn't figure out I had a first name. It's the funniest thing when kids figure out you have a real name. One of your kids said it's a boy's name and we had to explain to him that Aaron is different than Aaron. Yes. <laughs> that was a good day for all of us. Uh, I, I have to share this one with you. I had to yell at a fifth grade class. I was subbing one day when I was in there. Yeah. Uh, because there was like, uh, one of the kids told the other kid like, get the hell away from me. And I was like, hey, Get out of here and go to the I called him out in the hall and the kid's like freaking out. And he's like bleeding deep. Yeah. And 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 I was like, just talking him out with him. Like, brother, you gotta tell me what happened. Like, what's what's going on? He, they tell me the story about what happened. Explain it to me. Let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. We took a walk down the hall. We came back and uh and I and what I gathered from the story is he was getting he was getting teased by a kid who was a little more emotionally secure than he was. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there was a kid who's a little more emotionally developed. He's giving him a hard time. And then when he back, he freaks out. The other kid's like, what? I didn't do anything. I don't know what you mean. Oh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. So I send the kid back in the room. I'm talking to the, the TA and I go, okay. So, no, I say to the kid as I'm going back in, I'm like, listen, we had a nice conversation. Take a deep breath. I'm going to go inside though. And I got to yell. So you just be ready. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just going to, I got to, like, I got to yell. Okay. He's like, okay. And he goes inside and I go in and I just go, hey. Listen up. <laughs> and the kids snapped to attention and I was yeah. stunned. Yes. And because I was stunned, I lost them and I started rambling. I was like, we are a family and you need to be nice to your family, right? Because it's not good to be bad. And at the end of fifth grade, you guys are gonna go to the middle school and you'll all miss each other. And like I, and they, you, I could tell that I lost them like 10 seconds in and I was like, ah. I should have just yelled and told them to be quiet. Oh, damn it. It blew this. <laughs> My kids, I love that because that's exactly what happens because the kids are panicked when you start to holler. Yeah. I don't, I, I usually don't spend a ton of time. Like I'm not a hollerer. I just go, oh. excuse, excuse, excuse me. Are you making a good choice? 
Is that a good choice? <laughs> a good choice. <laughs> I would love, and then they're like, they usually like shake their head no. And I'm like, then make a different choice. Just make a different one. But we were in school and I had to holler this year about, so I don't even remember what it was about. They weren't listening to directions or something. And I, I turned around and I went, hey, hey, hey. And then I, I said something. And one of the little girls said, huh, was that supposed to be your angry voice? <laughs> I like to, I like to pepper in a lot of stuff that they don't get. It's my favorite. I like to do a lot of, I do a lot of wrestling, like slang with them that they don't know what I'm talking uh, about. Yes. I'd say I do a lot of like Hulk Hogan stuff. Like, what are you guys going to do, brother? They're all like, what? I'm like, just come on. <laughs> Rip the shirt. Uh, Higgins, I have to ask you before we move on. I had a bunch of school stuff we didn't get to, but I just got to ask because I had to go out. Well, I didn't go out. I was going to go out today to Five Below and go get like gifts for the kids. Because yeah. I like, all right. But uh, my mom, because she's a saint, she goes, no, 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 no. I'm out, I'm, out uh, I'm out of like the Dollar Tree. I got you. So she comes back. I would show you. Hang on one second. Wait, two seconds. Knock yourself out. I'll be here. So, uh, podcast listeners, it's me, Aaron, on the smooth jazz. Okay. I'm back. So look at this. This is what my mom did. <laughs> she, she made little uh, chalk and M&M ribbons. So now I'm going to give these to the kids and pretend that I made them. The kids are going to love that. Yeah. Well, sidewalk chalk, little M&Ms with the little ribbons on the top. Very fancy. She did this in like... She did this in like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. That's your mother. Yeah. Uh, what's the best What's the best gift you got from your kids this year? <laughs> did you get any good that ones? Is, that is, that's a tough one. That's a tough question, man. Um, uh, you know what's really interesting? Usually I get a lot of liquor store gift certificates. Interesting. Is that yeah, kindergarten. <laughs> kindergarten tends to get a lot of liquor and coffee gift certificates like yeah. dunkin donuts liquor stores which i find to be such an interesting spread uh this year oh you know what i just got it was really cute i had a little guy whose family makes maple syrup they tap their trees and they do the whole thing who actually made a video earlier in the year of them tapping the trees for syrup and what the syrup making process looks like at their house so he brought me a big huge mixing bowl and some really cute little dish towels and then a jar of homemade syrup and pancake mix. And um, a little, the card was said, you're flipping awesome. And it was a stack of pancakes. <laughs> it was really cute. Uh, it was so I, I got one card today. I didn't expect it. It was from one of the kids uh, and not one of the kids I would have expected who would have gotten me a card, mind you. Okay. And it just said in the inside, you're my favorite teacher. Don't tell Mrs. C. And I was like, that's hilarious That's so cute i did tell her that afterwards i was like check it out i'm, I'm his favorite and there you go poor cheryl <laughs> she's the best by the way uh, oh my God. not hysterical yeah she no, cracks there's something about that woman that just cracks me up she's uh, a funny thing uh what uh Let's, let's, get, let's do some baseball stuff because I, I do want to get some baseball in before we get to the lightning round questions because i have new All questions right, you for you castle Oh, should we explain Castle? I don't know if people know what Castle Ball is. Sam and I, for those of you who are not Sam and I, played Castle Ball today. <laughs> For like, it felt like an hour. It was a sheer half an hour game. Yes, full half hour. A full half hour of Castle Ball. You know what, I'm gonna let, okay. You have to build castles with hula hoops. Six hula hoops, yes. You stack them Six. up in like a circle. Yeah, but they 
balance essentially. And it's very cool. And then you split the, the, you know, it's two sides. They're against each other. Yeah. And castles are at like quote unquote end zones. And you have to, without crossing the midline, knock over the other team's castles and you can rebuild said castles. I've never seen Sam so invested in anything in my entire life. Very competitive. At one point in time, I looked over because I wanted to know where the heck you were because you were on the other team. So I assumed that you were throwing balls at me. No. And like, I looked down, you're at the other end just pegging people with dodgeballs. No, no, no. Let me tell you what happened. I was having a one-on-one war, a back and forth intense war with that male janitor. Eric. (laughs) Me and Eric were having a very intense competition by ourselves on the other side of the gym. <laughs> That's what I saw. I couldn't see who you were throwing at or whose castle you were trying to knock down, but I saw you down there. And then at one point you came down to my end. I didn't want to knock where... yourself over. Yeah, it was cool. I like that about you. Everybody I, else did. I stayed on the other side. I'm not hitting air and stuff. <laughs> I appreciated that. Yeah. I was competitive and more focused on the fact that at one point in time, I had a batting helmet on. You did have a batting helmet. And a boom for those of you who don't know, boom whackers are from music class in elementary school. And I was just like jamming. We had so much fun. I must have rebuilt that castle 87 times in that half an hour. I got made fun of when I went back upstairs because I was so sweaty. My shirt looked like it was tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I was laughing at me. I'm like, okay, great guys. on my team. <laughs> we, went all, we, we had the whole kindergarten crew there. And we went back up the hallway and we just sat around and we were like, ah, 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 like laughing at ourselves oh, yeah. in our garden wing. None of the fourth grade teachers wanted to do it. I tried to. I know. I was very surprised that you came down to play with me. I was, um, sort of sent down because, I was sort of sent down because there wasn't really much going on at the moment. Like yeah. for, for me, when at the end of the year, we're just putting stuff away, essentially. Uh, and all that paperwork, it's a lot of paperwork at the end of the year. And it's like. It's difficult. All right. Sorry. Baseball. Go ahead. Baseball. Uh, well, Aaron, I, I have to ask you, because I got to be honest, I, I was watching a lot of baseball and I sort of tailed off because the NBA playoffs, I'm really invested in the NBA playoffs right now, and that'll be done in about a week. But the, the New York Mets, the New York Mets are in first place in the National I did four games, if That's I recall. Four games. Yes. Aaron, I, have to tell, I have to tell you before we get to this, my brother who lives in Phoenix yeah, uh, is obviously it, it loves basketball. Is obviously very invested in the playoffs. And the other day, sent me a picture of him with the Suns in Four guy. Suns in Four, yo, that guy's a legend. He's an internet yeah. legend. I didn't know what that meant, so I had to Google it. But Did I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he sent me. He has, you know, Phoenix has a, a very wealthy people that live in Phoenix, yeah. much like any city. Much like any large city, there are people that you find that are stupid wealthy. And Tommy has a friend who's stupid wealthy. And they had like seven, seventh row off, you know, like, I don't know how to put it. Is it seventh row seats for for the game the other night? And so he was just seven rows back from courtside, having the time of his life out there, just enjoying it. He So he was at game two, the second, the last game they just played. Yes. That game had an all time amazing finish like an out like a last second dunk to win the game and the song oh, 
was having the time of his life. He was probably going wild. I'm very jealous, especially because the Knicks were knocked out. And here's where I'm going to transition because my New York Knicks made the playoffs this year for the first time in eight years. And I was so invested. And then they were, and then they were slapped around by the, by the Atlanta Hawks, but the Hawks seem like they're good. So I don't feel so bad about it anymore. All right. Baseball. Sorry. I'm now, very off. No, no, I'm getting there. So I was really excited about my Knicks and then they kind of yep. let me down. The Mets, As they do. the Mets are in first place. How realistically excited are you allowing yourself to be? You know, what's really funny. I just, I'm very invested in Mets Twitter because it's so, Twitter. it's so if all the time. And because mainly the, 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 what I follow on Twitter is like you, uh, some friends that we know in real life and then if, just Mets Twitter. Yeah. So the majority of my Twitter feed is just from the Mets organization or whatever. We are not excited at all as a whole. I am not excited at all. Yeah. Interesting. I, I have not, and people keep thinking like, wow, this is so interesting that we are so far ahead. I, I want to say four games, but it could be more than that. Honestly, it was, it was more than that uh, a few weeks ago. And so, or whenever I last checked and they're saying, you know, we're really good. Like we're this solid band of scrappy guys, but I'm not enough get excited at all. I find myself rooting for the Mets to be good, mostly because of you, but uh, thank you. You're welcome. But I do understand, you know, I was saying this to Kevin, most teams that I like in the world were like crummy underdog teams, like, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills, the New York Knicks have been terrible. Uh, Liverpool was a horrible underdog team for years and years and years before they got good. The Yankees were like my one, like uh, my one, like, I'm picking the team that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I understand the the joy of rooting for a scrappy underdog team. And I also understand like shielding yourself away from really embracing it, at least right now. It's been really difficult to embrace it because it's so hard to understand. It's hard to fathom. We have been... Uh, we had the best roster in baseball, like when you look at like the year that we had Pete Alonso break the rookie home run record and he was the home run champion and like, wow, an MVP and all those things. And we couldn't put it together. And then we got Steve Cohen. So thank you for that, Steve, <laughs> uncle Steve. And we, we picked up whatever we have Jacob DeGrom, who is arguably the best pitcher that baseball may have ever seen. Like one of the finest pitchers in the game. And we have to back him up this thing called the bench mob because uh let's see one two three four five starters will be injured at a time <laughs> so we have this like people that we've never heard of off the bench coming up and playing these amazing games where, where it doesn't feel like we should win but we do lindor this is Lind oh lindor oh freaking or we <laughs> We got him in the off season and I was like, just sign him, do it. Give him the extension before we watch him swing a bat. And everyone was like, Francisco Lindor is going to be the team difference maker. And I don't think that on the field, he has been the team difference maker defensively. Yeah. Yes. He's very good defensively. Yeah. I think that he brings a significant presence in the clubhouse. Yeah. I think that he's an amazing leader. And we may not have had 
the strongest leadership in the clubhouse after we lost guys like Curtis Granderson. Yo, Grando, former New York Yankees, you know, former Detroit Tiger. You know what I mean? Like Grandy Man and David Wright and Jose Reyes, who was always my favorite. You love uh, when, Reyes. Yeah, when we lose guys like that who say like, come on guys, you know, we're gonna pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. Like, and you, you are looking for the guy to pull everybody together in what Robinson Cano. Yo, that's you're looking, you're looking for rally man in Yoannis Cespedes. How dare you? I like Cespedes and Cano, both, both of my guys. <laughs> Dude, I love Robinson Cano. I love Yoannis Cespedes. Do I love either of them currently? No, uh, no. Hey, are you, are you concerned at all? Not for the Mets. I mean, are you following like all this, like spider tack, baseball cheating story going on you like care about my this favorite, at all? my favorite thing in the world now i have a new favorite thing in the whole wide world and my favorite thing in the whole wide world is watching the faces of the pitchers when the umps go over <laughs> we gotta check your shit you know and they just start like throwing things at the umpires there was a guy the other day i can't think of who his, what his name was that pulled down his pants and i it was uh max scherzer yes they called girardi a chump afterwards or something like that Oh, and Girardi's like, let's go, let's bring go. it. And uh, I was like, and I don't get it. I don't get it very much. Like, do I think that we should be utilizing substances that are, uh, I don't know. I don't really understand it because one side of me is like, no, we should just use rosin and whatever. But there's another part of me that's like, oh. I mean, I, I don't care. If it helps you get a grip on the ball and you're not, then throwing a 101 mile an hour pitch, only Jacob DeGrom, and it's hitting somebody in the face. I mean, like, that's the only way. If you're using sunscreen and rosin, like spider tech looks very sticky, and I've seen them utilize it where yeah. you just literally hold the ball. Yeah, it's you're like, like your hand. Yeah. Just with your hand upside down. And I'm like, all right, that's a little much. But if you're using like rosin and sunscreen as a good combo, apparently, I don't know. Apparently, I've been told. <laughs> yeah, I've been told. So I've heard. So I've heard uh that doesn't bother me so much i think the problem is not so much that pitchers have been using these substances i think the problem is that the baseball product in general has been getting the knock that nobody can hit anymore like there's no offense in baseball and i think if that wasn't happening if like people were still hitting and the game was a little more exciting this would all just be kind of flying under the radar but i think that major league baseball is like we need to do something to make this game a little more exciting for the youths so let's, uh, let's see what we can do to get the scores up. I think that's a real thing. The other part of it is that we don't, there's not a value on small ball anymore. No, I no. think, honestly, we're not living in the small ball era where, you know, when you go back and you watch things like the 69 World Series, for me, I would rewatch re the 69 and the 86 World Series because the Mets won both of them, obviously. I'm not going to watch a year where we lost, but you notice the amount of small ball that goes into those things and the amount of defensive plays and the defensive tactics that go into winning a world series in 1986. And I don't know what their, what their uh, rulings were for, you know, substances and that time, but you see that the value of small ball has just gone out the window. It's all about, it's the glorification of home runs and the glorification of things of that nature, the big plays, like if you're not hitting three home runs, a game like you're useless so whereas i've always been a fan of the scrappier small ball play because 
it keeps it keeps the game moving, but it's not exciting. No, the problem is, and you're 100% spot on, I've talked about this before, we live in what's called the three true outcomes era of baseball. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it is either a home run, a walk, or a strikeout, and that's it. Really, those are the only three things that matter anymore for all intents and purposes. Yep. And it's a little disappointing because I, I'm totally with you. Like I, I, we grew up in sort of that nineties era of baseball where it was like these sort of scrappy teams, you know, hitting grounded out singles and getting, yes. yeah, grounded them out, you know, and, and I, I just find that I think baseball struggles to connect with like any of my kids, high school kids used to talk about the Yankees, some of them, but for the most part, I don't feel like baseball kind of feels like it's struggling to pull in people in a football centric world. It's struggling to remain relevant and popular because like you said, there are things like basketball that have those incredible game, you know, basketball can change on a, the game can change on a freaking dime. You know what I'm saying? Basketball is one of those things that I can't watch because it gives me anxiety to watch it for too long and be yeah. invested. Because the Knicks are winning. The Knicks are losing by a million. The Knicks are having a good play. Like, it all happens in the span of 30 seconds. I know. I'm used to the Knicks losing by 30. I've I've gotten numb to that over the years. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. Uh, Hockey is exciting. It's fast. It's violent. It's, it's, you know, people, people get hit really hard. And goals get scored. And there's lights. And there's noise. Football is the same way. It's, it's, It's a little slower. It's almost less exciting than those two uh because it's not as but you do have those big plays you know they of course in the my version it's eli throws it down the field and it's a hail mary and they win the game and i like how, I like how you said eli and not daniel jones i think that was very subtle i recognize daniel jones as a person you know what you're, you're out on jones i love it <laughs> i don't recognize person i'm actually um there is a, there's Arch Manning is the son of, I want to say it's Cooper, Cooper's son. Cooper's kid, yeah. And he's playing very well, uh, going to college this year, I do believe, or next year. And, uh, and I've already, I've, I've committed him to Old Miss. Uh, he's committed to Old Miss, according to me. And then after Old Miss, he will be coming directly to the New York organization for player development. Uh, he'll be with me, Arch Manning. Uh, I'm going to steal a bit from a podcast that I listened to. It's called Remember a Guy. Uh, Aaron Higgins, I pulled up a list of the all-time Mets from the 2000 to 2010. And I'm going to see if you remember this guy. Oh, geez. Center fielder, Carlos Beltran. Okay, Carlos Beltran was a big one for me, (laughs) y'all. Carlos Beltran had a past and a current, and that's it. He's got a past and a present to me. His future? Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. But in uh, my person, got a, a past and a future and a, and a present with the Mets organization. Loved him to death. Loved him. 2006, one of the best single seasons in team's history. 275 with 41 home runs, 116 RBIs, and 38 doubles. Carlos Beltran. Legend. Wow, he was a monster. The average is still kind of low. 275 is not very good. I think it's okay. It he was good. a monster. Dude. Big, infectious smile. Loved him. Do you have another one? <laughs> I have more if you want more. Let me see who else we got here. One more. Give me a good one. You want a good one? Okay. Well, I was going to do I was gonna do Jose Reyes. He's on this list, but you already mentioned him. I love that guy. Do you, remember, time- do you remember 
Edgardo Alfonso, second baseman. Edgardo Alfonso, yes, I do. He had very, very um, briefly, remember very briefly. that. Like, I'm having a hard time like putting a face with him. I know the name, but I'm having a hard time putting a face. Career season 2000, he hit 324, 25 home runs, and 94 RBIs. Oh, he was still in the, like, we were very boxy in those days. That's the way I put, like, our whole team. We had, like, those very boxy-looking caps, and our black jerseys were very straight at that time. That's the, that's the Yankee Mets here. So that's Piazza. Piazza's on that team, too. Yes, 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 yes. Mike yes. Piazza. Oh, I got to look back. I got to go back, and I'm going to get on baseball reference after we're done here and look up the 2000 Mets roster. I want to see how you guys made the World Series with that team. <laughs> my assumption would be mike piazza played by himself he played uh, every position wow higgins i've kept you on here uh longer than i told you i would so i'm very sorry about that uh Dude, our vacation i don't have plans i'm good uh i do have though some new lightning round questions for you if you want to do <gasps> them before we head out are you ready for some I new love lightning rounds hit me with your best shot baby all right uh Aaron Higgins, one of our all-time favorite people on the planet. What is the best trip or outing you remember as a kid and what made it great? Oh, the first year we went to Cape Cod when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was little and we went to Cape Cod. We went to Cape Cod um, every summer for the better part of 20 plus years. And my first time we went to a candy store and yeah. found out that they had a uh, lollipops shaped like lobsters oh lobster pops lobber pops yep and every year i got one but that was my first and it was oh mm. did you have a period of time when you were like in your angsty teen years you're like i don't want to go to Cape cod anymore yes it was the it was the whitest thing i've ever done <laughs> it was literally like it was so it was so funny because those angsty emo teen years where I just subsequently, like I'd listen to Bright Eyes on the beach or whatever, you know, like, nice. no, probably not Bright Eyes, probably like, uh, oh, I don't know. But yeah, everybody had those years and looking back at it, I'm like, you were so dumb, but oh well. Uh, Aaron Higgins, this is a good one. What's something that's considered a basic part of your current career that you've struggled to learn? It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough question. How to work with other adults? How to work with, yo, that's a really good one. I feel like people can see through my my bullshit conversations. I think they can see through. How, how to like control my face yes. in um, other adult situations in my job? We're not going to wear masks next year. We're going to have to like hide our emotions again. I right? don't think I, I've gotten really good at, like at some point it just sort of became okay for me to not control. Like I can never leave this job. And it's because of the fact that I will be in a meeting and I'll be like, well, that's dumb. And, you know, like my boss will say something and I'll be like, I don't like that. I don't and like everyone at me. <laughs> Hold on. Ooh, Excuse me. And everyone will stare at me and I'll be like, no, I don't, I don't like that. And other people will be like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and everyone just goes, all right, Aaron. Well, okay, whatever, Higgins. And they'll move past it. But I think it's a real significant part of me that I, I have a very clear mission at my job. Like my job is not, you, and I, you are the same way. My job is not, I'm there to teach kids. 
And so when you put stuff in my way, like when you put stuff in the way of that mission, you add to that, you add complications to that, you add more hoops to jump through. I get a little bit uh, snippy. People appreciate though, uh, the earnestness and upfrontness of it more than just like pandering to their bullshit, I think sometimes, right? Like, I think that's a real thing. Like the fact that you're not afraid to, to like speak up and say whether you think something's good or bad makes an impression on people. And that, you know, I think it's a good impression. Everyone I've ever talked to says very positive things about you, so. Really? Because everybody at Castle Ball today tried to hit me in the face. Not me. I didn't do it. <laughs> everybody made a solid attempt to murder me today. I did get hit in the face. Did you see that? So I hit me in the face, knocked my glasses off. I got hit in the face and couldn't hear out of one ear. <laughs> the two of us are like, we're on the injured list. We're getting too old for this. Uh, what's a futuristic technology, Higgins, that doesn't exist now, but you'd like to have? Oh my, oh boy. Tough one. That's a tough one. Oh, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to just pause time for just like a scooch. Yo, that's a good one. A lot of people say teleporting, but this is, that's a really good one, the freeze time, yeah. Yeah, teleporting is cool and all, like that sounds groovy. Like I'm cool with air travel, but like, I'd love to just like stop time for very brief intermissions like Zach Morris did on, on Saved by the Bell. Yes, yes. And you want to know the best part? It's not for the reasons that most people think. It's not to like savor a moment or like, you know, stop, stop somebody from committing a crime. No, it's because I want to sleep longer in the mornings. Yep. Take a little bit longer, take a shower, shave every day, maybe if I wanted to. Um, yeah, I'd be unstoppable. <laughs> Apply more than Burt's Bees lipstick in the morning, chapstick. Uh, you don't need makeup. What's a fictional family that you would like to belong to? I love you, babe. Um, I've watched this. I've, I've well, well, fictional family. That's a great question. A question. That's a good question. A fictional family. <sighs> I've watched. There's a show in kindergarten called. Betsy Kindergarten. Oh, Betsy seem, Kindergarten. Yeah, Betsy <laughs> Kindergarten. She's very nice. Her family's lovely. They seem, dad's a pilot. Mom's a stay-at-home mom. She's got a, she has a baby brother named Kevin, which just always cracks me up. Uh, if, you know, that's a really tough question, by the way. That's a tough question, I know. A lot of people, I've heard so far, what have I heard so far in this one? I've heard the Bankses from Fresh Prince. I've heard no. the Adams Family. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I've heard a couple. I, I would have gone with like the Banks from Fresh Prince. I always wanted Uncle Phil to be my uncle. I thought he'd be a really good uncle. Do you remember when the family didn't, his father didn't show up and he was like, why didn't you want me? I was Ooh. having a really earnest conversation with one of our mutual Twitter friends about that this yesterday, like two days ago. That's a tough one, man. All oh, right. I'd like, wait a minute. Is the Cohen fit? No, they're not fictional. They're real people. They're real people. You could join the Cohen. I, I'll take that though. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice fantasy for you. I'm going to uh, go with that. Uh, okay. So it, it's the Uti we're opening a Uticast deli and uh, we're naming a sandwich after you, the Aaron Higgins. What would you like to be on the Aaron Higgins sandwich? Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, well, there's two routes we can take with this. Yeah. Yeah. The first route is we go with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Classic. Toasted Classic. or regular? Regular. Uh, slightly toasted. Slightly toasted, very good. Casually toasted. 
Oh, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be a grilled cheese sandwich with a slice of tomato. Mm-hmm. And the bread is soaked in uh, Worcestershire sauce. Do you go to the compound? No. It's right down the street. I haven't gone from the building. I don't know if it's any good or not, but they were packed out there when I took a walk down to the market today. Oh, it's down. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they sound great. I don't I can make my own grilled cheese sandwich. That's no. my problem, right? I feel like I can make a grilled cheese sandwich at my house. Like, no uh, effect, but I'm not going to pay $8 for a shitty grilled cheese sandwich hey. when I can make a shitty grilled cheese sandwich all by myself. Absolutely. I've made many shitty grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh, Thank you. All right. Last but not least, this one's not a new one. This is a, a recurring one. Give us one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. This is a good one. I just started Lost. I, you know, I actually had that as a bullet point and I thought we were going too long, so I didn't get to it. So I'm glad you brought this up. I we're just, never going. Well, I just started The Wire, right? So <laughs> I've never I seen feel, that either. I just started The Wire. I was, I was talking to this and that's like a show with a lot of expectations about it. So I felt a little weird watching it. How did you feel with Lost as a show that has expectations behind it? You know, what's interesting is that uh, it has been sort of, I, I figured... Nothing ever lives up to the hype. Like, we all know that. We're yeah. all aware that we all watched every show that subsequently crashed and burned. I can't think of a good version of it right now, but like, I don't, every, uh, a Game of Thrones where I never saw it, but everyone was like, oh boy, that ending was a New disappointment. Girl. I feel like I talk about every- the New Girls, yeah. the people talk about all the time. Those first three seasons, be like, I love New Girl. And then people are like, oh yeah, that show. I forgot about that. Uh, I did that with Kimmy Schmidt. I like absolutely was obsessed with the first two or three seasons. And then it got weird. There was a robot it and it was just, but um, yeah, there's always that show. It always turns the corner at some point. So I just started lost. I'm on like episode five, literally where they're still introducing characters, which is, in, which is great. And I put it on, uh, I, I said something about it on Twitter and um, everyone's like, Oh man, uh, don't get, Oh, you're going to be so disappointed. Uh. And I'm like, I don't care. I, you know how much Netflix and stuff we've all watched in the past year? Do you know how many times I have been let down by a show in the I past get, year? I get in arguments with people because I am more prone to go back and watch something I've already seen and people hate that. I can't do that too many times. Like I've seen Ted Lasso twice at this point. It's very good. It's a, that's an easy two seasons. That's an easy I, watch easy rewatch Super easy. well you know what's so funny about it is you watch it the first time you watch ted lasso i think we had talked in the last time the podcast you watch ted lasso and you're like obsessed with the whole thing yeah it is perfect television perfect television uh for me it was the band-aid to losing schitt's creek you know for me it was that heart it like replaced that like heartwarming but very punchy funny uh, place that Schitt's Creek had, you know, burrowed the hole in my soul. And, uh, and now I go back and watch it and I, I didn't catch so much of it the first time because of how thick the accents, the British accents were and how fast it, how fast it is and how little I know about soccer. So (coughs) that's a really good, you make a great point. The soccer thing I thought, because I like soccer, that I was going to be like, oh no, they're going to try and pander to me. I'm not going to like this. And I, I totally fell for it in two seconds. It didn't matter. I was like, oh no, it doesn't matter. Mm, football is life. Football from what is- I've been- Who's the guy with the, 
the 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 flat hair what's his name the soccer player Roy, Roy he's my favorite player he's my favorite person on the show do you want to know really something funny he wrote the show yeah I looked that up afterward mm-hmm. <laughs> yep him and uh he and I want to say it was somebody else but I want to say like Jason Sudeikis had a piece Coach of it Beard. Coach Beard that's who it was Coach Beard they wrote that they wrote and conceived of the show and I didn't know that like you said I didn't know that till the end and then I was like man that's really cool it I it was very so I'm not even going to start the conversation about how I don't like Schitt's Creek and my family is mad at me for it uh because my family loves it this conversation before we've had uh but I will say that I walked into Ted Lasso being like everyone loves this I've heard it's very upbeat and very positive I'm kind of like nah we'll see and uh, I think, again, sort of like we were talking about with going to work with little kids as opposed to high schoolers, it was refreshingly positive. You're surprised. I was like, oh, this was nice. This was light. It was like drinking a seltzer. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is practically like a San Pellegrino. It is. It's a delicious, a delicious <laughs> San Pellegrino. Uh, hey, so you're doing, are you doing anything for vacation, for family vacation or anything coming up? Uh, I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona. Like I'm on tour. I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona in August. And again, okay. it, like I'll, you guys out, shout out to Phoenix. I'll be there in September. My brother's getting married. So I'm going to be in Phoenix, Arizona once or multiple times, probably just the once. Um, and then I will be bopping around here and the Adirondacks for the time being. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you so much for coming to do this for me. You really made my life easier because I have to leave for the Adirondacks on Saturday. Uh, and I know. We- we did a full, uh, we did almost a full hour here. So I barely have to do any work for the rest of this show this week. We started recording at 5.15 and it is 6.09, 6.08. So mm-hmm. we're right in the, we're right in the wheelhouse here. It's so effortless with you, my darling. Well, see, this is what I said. This is why you were the star of the show. It was easy when you were here. Cause I could just like let her and Kevin talk it up for like an hour and I'll just sit in the, I sit in the background and they do the thing. I just kind of. You have... never sit in the background, my love. You are the. The whole point was for you and Kevin to be the stars and for me to sit in the background and just prep the show for you guys. In my head, that's what I thought was going to happen. That did not happen. Not happen. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Higgs, Higgs, I have to go because I have to get down to the park for the event that I'm 10 minutes late to. Um, What event? The Copper Vein Clones are playing at the park from six to eight. That sounds lovely. I just saw your cats run up the stairs. That was hilarious. They did the full spin. Um, they uh, think that this is part of their like parkour. And they go up <laughs> I've turned around a few times while we're doing this because I can hear them. <laughs> they, they just think those stairs are the single greatest thing in the history of their lives. Nothing makes me laugh harder than the two seconds every day when Charles does the, I am very fast, run through the house at top speed and run through the window moment, my favorite. It, nothing makes mm-hmm. me laugh harder. <laughs> mm-hmm. Double that and do it at 3 a.m. That's my life. All right, Higgs, I, uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, we love you. I love you. Enjoy your trip uh, whenever you get to Arizona and enjoy the Adirondacks. Maybe I'll see you up there sooner than later. Yes, I'll uh, see you tomorrow for our very last day of elementary school. I'll come down and see you before we before I go home. So. All right, I love you. All right, love you too. Bye.
right, we're back. We're back, Aaron Higgins. One of our favorites. Love talking to Aaron mm. Higgins. Uh, we were talking about it. It was so surreal to work with Aaron Higgins. Mm. And we both got to see work versions of each other. Which is something I never thought I'd get yeah, to see, right? Cool. Like work. I got to see her doing the full teaching thing, which is yeah, yeah. which is hilarious. It's not it's not hilarious. She's really good at it. But when you know somebody, it's weird to see them do the whole like kindergarten teacher. You have to do a certain thing. And to be fair, if you would like to see her regularly, school is where you have to go. Yeah, There's yeah. no place else where it can be done. Uh, so yeah, we had a great time uh, talking about that. Always. Uh, no major history lesson segment this week. There was no history. There was no history for this week. Because, uh, again, did I mention I'm on vacation? I'll be on vacation. I think you did say. No one, no one called me. So when I was calling radio shows, they're saying the number every, like, three minutes. <laughs> uh, so what instead of a, a history lesson, we're going to do a quick session of Utica Legends, which I've been trying to do... I've been trying to find a place to put this on the show for a long time now, mm -hmm. and I figured now is the time I'll just do it. We're going to talk about a little-known Utica legend. His name was George Burrell Wooden. He was an American professional wrestler. But you might know him by his better name, Mr. Wrestling, mm. a.k.a. Tim Woods. I do not. Well, Mr. Wrestling, <laughs> you do not. All right, Mr. Wrestling, born in Utica, New York. Wooden received a degree in agricultural engineering from Cornell University and a degree in... Mechanical engineering from Michigan State when University. When did this uh, man live? He, he was born in Utica. I gotta, I could pull it up for you if you'd like. I, I just like when he's a Utica legend. When was he making his legend? <laughs> it made me look it up on the air. Uh, I, you would think you're gonna tell me about the legend. I gotta know when he was being legendary. Judge this man against his time. George Wooden. Let me see. There he is. George Wooden, American professional, born 1934. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, born in Utica, New York, on November 30th. No, I'm sorry, July 28th, 1934. Uh, he began his wrestling career at the age of 28 using the name Tim Woods. He was given the name Mr. Wrestling by a Nebraska promoter and subsequently adopted both a white wrestling mask and a white singlet to complete the characters. He was a masked wrestler very early mm -hmm. on. Mr. Wrestling became a major superstar in the Georgia, Florida, Texas, and Mid-Atlantic territories. Wrestled in the Worldwide Wrestling Federation in the Northeast at the upper end of the preliminary wrestlers. Starting in the 1970s, he would alternate between his masked persona as Mr. Wrestling and wrestling unmasked as Tim Woods, depending on the territory. Uh, the name thing is kind of important. We'll get there in a second. So George Wooden was involved in a 1975 plane crash that involved uh, pilot Joseph Farkas, who ended up in a coma and died the next year. Wrestling legend Johnny Valentine, who broke his back and ended his career. Wrestler Bob Bruggers, who broke his back and decided to retire. Uh, and Hall of Famer Ric Flair, who broke his back but recovered and returned to wrestling. Uh, as well as Jim Crockett promotions announcer David Crockett. At the hospital, Wooden gave his real name, George Wooden, and told them that he was a promoter. Since Wooden wrestled under the name Tim Woods, an, a newspaper article in the Charlotte Observer listed his name as his real name, George Burrell Wooden, and mentioned that he was a promoter. Because Wooden was the only fan-favorite wrestler on the plane at the time. The rest of the wrestlers were bad guys. And in 1975, this was against the rules. It was against kayfabe. You were not allowed to be together. People would have been upset if they found this out. Uh, so eventually, rumors began circulating that Woods was in fact on the plane. 
Now, George was unwilling to risk the exposure of professional wrestling, so just two weeks after the plane crash, he returns to the ring while obviously in extreme pain. Ric Flair later said in his book, To Be the Man, that he was, quote, more than just Mr. Wrestling that day, he was the man who saved wrestling, unquote. Mm. This is from Hall of Famer Ric Flair. Uh, Wooden retired from professional wrestling in 1983 and ran a heating and air conditioning business, which seems like sort of an inglorious end. I guess different era, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's good, clean work. Gotta be cool in the summer, hot in the winter. <laughs> uh, Wooden was an avid collector of motorcycles and was an accomplished photographer and saxophone player. Mm. On November 30th, 2002, Wooden died from a heart attack at his home in Charlotte, North Carolina at the age of 68. Before his death, he was scheduled to be interviewed about his October 1975 plane crash for WWE Confidential, but mm. that never happened. So there you go. Mr. Wrestling, quote-unquote, the man who saved wrestling, mm. born right here in Utica, New York, in 1934, which I didn't have to change tabs for. Uh, all right. I don't have a ton of stuff for us to go out on, so I feel like we can just sort of call it if you want. Oh, no. I guess we can do... Um, I have a mailbag question. Mailbag. I'm ready. I can put, I'll put on two hours clean right now. Whatever you need. I'm not ready. You know what it is. I'm. is. You're always ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. You know what it is. Listen, I still have to pack. I have laundry. I don't. You can have your suitcase packed probably seven days. No, it's, it's in my room. All the laundry <laughs> is downstairs. I've been running... For the last two days, I've been running around the city of Utica like a mad person. Isn't that pre-vacation push, like when you're going on a trip somewhere, it's always interesting those like two or three days beforehand where you're just like running around and frantic getting like everything in a row and ready to go and push off for a week as if you were moving to, you know, Bengal for <laughs> 10 months. My wonderful mother sent me a picture of her like room set up in the back with all of the bags and stuff like packed that she's taking with us and it really does look like she's moving to a new house. I bet you, because your mom comes prepared. I was talking to my sister about this yesterday. I was like, this trip would be such a cluster if you and me and Karen had to do this. Oh, yeah. Like, if it was just the three of oh, us yeah. trying to coordinate this, this would be a nightmare. Yeah. It would never happen. Uh, which is going to be, which someone will have to do it eventually, right? Someone will have to step up. Uh, I guess that'll be me, I suppose. You got to be learning. Always be learning, watching, be staying learning. in. Uh, ooh, I learned something too about uh, going on vacation with a place where you're probably going to be in the water more often than not. Mm. I am bringing more than one pair of swim trunks. Sounds stupid, but you said, I feel like I went to a place where we went swimming every day last year. Mm -hmm. and it's tough to put those wet swim trunks back on. They don't dry overnight. Did you have a dryer? We did. We also had like mad people sharing the house. Not putting mad loads of dryer stuff in the whole time. You just got to throw trunks in the dryer quick. Nah, it takes, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes in the dryer? I suppose. No, I'm, I'm going to rotate. A little rotation now. Right. Also, people will be seeing you out yeah, there. Yeah, you got to be out there. People will be seeing you out look, on I the beach. Understand. I got to look strong. I know vacation, Sam. <laughs> vacation. I had to get some stuff for the fit, too, for the beach. So I had to get some new tank tops, obviously. Mm, I see. swim trunks. I see. Might as well. You got to do it. Now's the time. Summer's coming. It's here. <laughs> I gotta get a good tan. I mean, you're putting all this time in at the gym. You know, you might as well. Putting all right? this time in at the gym. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta take the shirt off. I gotta top the top a little bit. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, all right, let's do a mailbag question. One mailbag question, and then we will... Uh, oh, I guess we, I don't really have... We'll do a Spotify thing in a second, but... Uh, all right. So here's our mailbag question. For all the people who were thrust into working from home for the last year or so, what percentage 
do you think have spent at least two afternoons a week getting some degree of drunk? I would say a minimum of 60%, says this reader. Spending how much? At least two afternoons a week having some drink during virtual work. Uh, no, I think they're overshooting. 60 seems high. 60 seems If you told high. me 20%, I would believe it in a heartbeat. Yes. 20%? I would say more than 20% yes. of people were probably... You could get me to like 33 and a third, right? You get one third of the people, maybe, but I think that's a stretch. I think they're kind of overshoot. People who drink a ton all the time always overshoot how much people drink a ton all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I like to have a beer. I like to have a drink. But, like, I can't remember the last time other than, like, being out or, like, on vacation or out to, like, maybe, like, a lunch or something. Or, like, even had a beer before, five, six, seven o'clock. I can't imagine just sitting in my house working. Because, like, then the problem now is if you start and have a beer early, you just end up, like, going to bed early. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you have, like, two beers in the afternoon, you're like, oh, no, I'm done, I'm going to bed. I've drank uh, six-eighths of this beer, so I guess I am some degree of drunk right now. Yeah, but see, this is the first time in, what, the whole pandemic for you, maybe? I mean, we had it. We had... Two, oh, three times? I guess the anniversary show, we had this. doesn't count as 60%, you know what I no, mean? No, You're true. pretty representative. No, I was, in, I was working in person for most of the time, too. Well, yeah, but I'm, like, all the time before that. I mean, you went back to do the thing, but, like, it was, like, a year. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, look, I'm very much looking forward... Me and Hagen's talked about this a lot, but I'm really much looking forward to no more uh, virtual teaching, if that's oh, the case. Yeah. Like, it's... I, I can't imagine how terrible virtual teaching must be. It's... Look, it's the best of a bad situation. I so understand. Yeah, I, mean, I the, understand everybody's doing what they got to do. All but the time. Like, you don't build... Like, some of the happiest times that we saw the kids, the virtual mm-hmm. kids, was the last 10 minutes yesterday when them and their parents came to drop off all their books at the mm-hmm. end of the year. Because now all the kids could actually see each other for the first time. Yeah, and yeah. then they were like, ah, school seems great. Right? Uh, so, so, yeah, I think we all did our best. Mm. And I'm sure that most teachers... If not, all teachers will agree with me when they say it was tough going and we're glad that we can get back to some semblance of, like, real in-class teaching next year or whatever that looks like. That'll be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Uh, All right. So, I guess that's it. I didn't do... So, I didn't even... I haven't even promoted the Spotify from last week. I forgot to do it. Like, I forgot to, like, send it out on Twitter. Mm, I forgot to put songs on Spotify. Well, that's all right. We'll just hit them with one. We'll give them something for... I, I don't know, I was going to do like a vacation mix, but I feel like I already have a vacation mix. That's the thing, I make mixes all the time, so I have like a, I have a vacation mix for my family, mm. because there's like too many uh, contrasting opinions about like what music goes on, like mm. my mom only likes like Earth Angel, yeah. like in every song that sounds like Earth Angel from the 1950s. And then Mike just wants to listen to like Traveling Littleberries of the Beatles, right. and Randall wants to listen to Depeche Mode. And uh, and Don wants to listen to like uh, I don't know Toby Keith I don't know mm, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what tough, Don that's tough. I don't know what Don listens like I, I you know what, with Don I like to throw on like a like a sneaky like Willie Nelson song like Whiskey River or something mm. right like a country song like a little outlaw country that's right, always right, right in right. the wheelhouse and then for for Randall it's just something from the eighties. Just yeah. any sort of vague eighties like something I don't know where he's like oh oh who's who's this. this is Jesus and Mary Chain? My favorite. It's interesting to be the ambassador of the music. Because no one at like the full time. You know what was funny about this? Uh, my my stepfather also likes to be the ambassador of music. At his That's house, true. At his house, he's the ambassador of music. But his music doesn't go over with the crowd as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Also, you know what though? I have to give him... I, I was ready to trash him, but lately he's been pretty content to let me just do it. And then be like, oh, what's this? Talking Heads? 
This is, this is, oh, yeah, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. man. It's been, this has been talking heads for about 40 years now. <laughs> yeah, it's been talking <laughs> Yeah, anything from that era. I heard, like, a good take on someone talking about today. It was, like, when you listen to, like, the radio, it's, like, all the hits from the from the 90s, from the 80s, the 90s, and today. It's, like, yo, today's, like, it's 25 years. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. a really long time. Yeah, there's a lot of albums that are that long, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know what it is? It's because I think part of it is it's tough to refer generally to the 10 years, the first 10 years of this century. These next ones, I guess you can call them the 10s that we just went through, and this will be the 20s we're at the beginning of. But it's weird to say people like the aughts, but like that's just not. It's never been the answer. I'm going to start a real specific radio station. So it's mm. going to be like, only the hits from 2005 to 2008. That's it. We're just playing these. It's like, uh, well, isn't that like half the people you talk to anywhere? Like, music stopped being good on my 25th birthday, and everything yeah. now is garbage yeah. and like, uh, like auto tuned or cheating or it's not real music. Or I remember when MTV played videos or whatever. Oh, yeah. Where we always hear. If they gave me like some serious radio station to like curate, it would just all be like Neon Indian and Sofyan Stevens and like, oh, Oh, this is the time. <laughs> what a great era. I think it's interesting that you chose Neon Indian very first. Yeah, yeah. your radio station. Neon Indian feels to Seems me... Seems like a reach at number one. No, Neon Indian feels to me like maybe my most 2007 band. Like, it feels like of an era of like... A, I was like, this mean, this is like a very specific time and place was how much I love Neon Indian. I think we'll put Neon Indian in this mix and see how Mike responds to it. Yeah, there you go. So we'll just, we'll throw like a bunch of, we'll pick X amount and throw summer playlist songs together on a short Uticast summer playlist. My favorite thing in the world. Vacation playlist. I'll give you this one before I go. Um, There's this, one of my favorite things too is when I make these mixes for everybody else. Mm. Once in a while, very rarely, I throw one on that's just for me. You have to. Have to. The three percenter songs. And my favorite one is when Mike, my stepdad, That'll be the song that he hates. Right? Everything else I've played for him, he's into. But the, and he'll hear it. Like, I put on a song called um, Slow by Twin Shadow. And he was like, this is the worst thing you've played in our 10 hours in the car. I was like, We've been in the car for 10 hours, Mike, and you brought nothing. So you sit down and just listen to it. Yeah. He, he called me out, though. He did not care for it. I want to see if I can... Can I find... Did you try to explain it to him? Did you try to explain what you heard? I was like, oh no, he's doing like a Prince thing. Yeah, this is the song. He's like, no, I don't care for this. A little too much synth, I think, going on here for him. Mm. Let me put this one on the next now. There you go. I can't play too much of that, but because uh, that will get flagged. But, yeah, he hated this. Called me out in the car. And I was like, man, you just listened to a whole bunch of cool stuff that I tried to get, and you were like being open and cool about it, and this one you're just like out on? Some, I mean, sometimes you gotta give it, any time that one of these dudes who was a child in the 60s and 70s and continues to be a child in the 2020s wants to like open their mind a little bit and give them some ground, I'm always willing to recognize that. Uh, but yeah, so you can't sell everything. I've definitely had some strange music I've had to try to sell to like, not everybody pays attention to music in the same way. Like, not no, everybody has music where they're very specifically like, oh, this album reminds me of this street. You know what yeah. I mean? Or something yeah. like that. Um, so you're not going to sell everybody everything all the time. Uh, all right. So, oh, I'll, I'll give you one. I've probably told this story before. I'll give you one last one, and I'm going. Uh, I was on the road one time. I think you're going like you're actually walking no, on I'm leaving. leaving now. Going right now. 
Uh, Hit stop and you're out the door. Uh, so I was driving out years ago with my old man to Chicago, which is like you know 11 hours in the car. And again, I made this is the CD era, right? So I made like seven or eight mix CDs mm-hmm. of like stuff that I was like, all right, what can I get away with like him that he won't like hate, but I can get through on the car, right? This is when there's no no cell phones. This right. is this is like. We were out in the car. This is before you listen to, like, Steely Dan, too. So you can't just put on, like, you know, some whole Steely Dan album. No. Like, we can do this thing from the 70s and pretend that we're dancing out here to dirty work. No, it was just like, I was like, I guess I'll put, like, some, like, I guess some light matchbox 20. Some, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, I don't know what else to do. I'm like, oh, what can he, like, get? I guess some Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he's like, going to classic rock. Marley. Uh, some Be- he doesn't, like, he doesn't really, like, do the Beatles, if I remember correctly. Does he do the Stones? I didn't do the stones back then. I, I probably wasn't doing the stones back then. But uh, I remember uh, putting in the first CD in the way, and the song was like Graduate mm. by Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. And he said, what is this, Metallica? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's the end of this. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. You can't Third get... Eye Blind, this is Metallica. This, this is, is Metall- thrash metal. This is Metallica, my dude. Mm-hmm. I guess Graduate's a little aggressive for the first song. Starts mm-hmm. off with a little screaming. Can I graduate? It's like, it's metal for him. I suppose. Different time. Yeah. Can I graduate? Good song. We'll Did that not have metal, yeah. We'll put that one on the mix, see how everyone responds to it. Uh, all right, that's... <laughs> call you a bunch of third-eye blind takes. I like how I like how I've turned this mix into like a social experiment for myself. Like, how are people going to react to all these weird songs that I put on to test them? Too, yeah. Oh, yeah, then i got to put show tunes on for Kelly. Some vague amount of, like, musical theater stuff. you got to find some middle ground. There's no middle ground. Musical theater's whole thing is that it has no middle ground. It just dominates. I think you got to find the middle ground. There has to be. It has to be out there. It's not going to be Hamilton. Hey, no. Uh-huh. I, I mean, you can't. <laughs> That's like history. Like, you can't be at the <laughs> beach being like, wait, who was... So John Adams or John Quincy? Hang on. <laughs> wait, this, Can this... we start this track over? Because I missed a part. So, uh, whenever I go to sub in other classrooms, mm-hmm. my students would call me a traitor. Uh, and I bust in there one day, and I was just like, listen to me. We're doing, like, we're doing American Revolution, and I was like, listen to me. You don't call me a traitor. The, what I told you is you called me a Benedict Arnold. So now people are calling me Benedict Arnold in the halls. Mm. You Benedict. taught these kids something. I taught them. You brought them something. The traitor. You brought the traitor them is knowledge. Benedict Arnold. These kids always like, how I know who Benedict Arnold is because I remember this wild sub we had. I was going to tell them about uh, Horatio Gates and all his uh, conspiracy cabal, but that seemed a little above their heads. And I pulled that off. I was like, no, I'll wait till sixth grade for that one, maybe. Seventh grade. Uh, all right, that's it. Show's over. Vacation, Go on vacation. time. That's it. Aaron Higgins, uh, the best. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Aaron Higgins. Oh, shout out to Heather, who mm-hmm. uh, is going to be very confused that I just did this and didn't call her and tell her we're not doing a podcast. She's going to be very confused when the show just comes out. You just don't say that and you send her a text and then the show comes out. I'm just going to release it and see what she says. Let's see what she says. Name is there you go. Why not? Stir the pot. You know why? Because hanging out the street too much. <laughs> stir the pot. Yeah. We'll stir the pot like a clam bake, which I'll be eating on vacation mm. sooner than later. All right, shout out to Aaron Hagen. Shout out to Heather Waz. Follow them on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter. At Uticast, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, Spotify, taken over the web. You start a vacation TikTok for yourself. No, no, thank you. Sign our humanoids. That sounds terrible. Uh, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. Listen to this on Tuesday. There's not going to be a show on Tuesday. This is the show. This is the show. I think they heard you. Hold- They're here now. They know. You can wait and play the show on Tuesday, but this is the show. No, you can't wait. If you're listening now, you literally can't wait. This is the end. I told them at the beginning, you'd also hold it till Tuesday. You did tell them. If you time. listen to, if you wait until Tuesday, that's big again. Uh, all right, I'll see you in uh, when I see you. I'm back on vacation. Bye, folks.